0: Hello everybody and welcome to Uninvited Guests. I am your host Steph Sanyati, and I am here to tell you all about some of the most haunted hotels in the world. Hotels have such potential to be haunted locations because think of all of the the change that occurs. Think of the constant in and out of people, the constant action, the constant everything. Everything that happens in a hotel, it happens so fast and then it's over and that's, that's very intense energy just to leave in a place and then disappear. So in my opinion, hotels, they are spooky. And I want to share that with you. Before I get into the hotel we're talking about this episode, I want to let you know if you're listening on iTunes, if you can, after listening, if you can rate and review, you would be doing us a big favor on iTunes. Ratings and reviews make a huge difference. So if you can just take five seconds out of your day to hit that five star button and leave a nice little sentence about what you like, If you like it, I would love that. That would make my day and it would really allow us to create a bigger and better show for season two, which I am really hoping we get to do. If you're on iTunes as well, feel free to subscribe if you like the show and you want to hear more so that you can be aware as soon as the next episode comes out. The hotel we're talking about today is the 1886 Crescent Hotel, which is in the Ozarks of Arkansas. You might have heard the word Ozarks from the very successful Netflix show, um, which is also called The Ozarks shocker it's a really really cool show but think about if you've watched it think about the energy that the forest has think about the environment in that show and how well the filmmakers they make it tangible they make it so you feel like you're there and I promise you that's an accurate feeling to what it's like to be in the Ozarks it is a very mysterious place it is so big in scale and so grand it it almost has this eerie haunted wood feeling to it I feel like I was in um what's that uh sp- spooky hollow sp- sw- what uh you know what i'm talking about that you know spooky whatever it's a scary forest okay and at the top of a mountain in this forest stands a crescent hotel this hotel casts the most intimidating presence across the entire Everything. It, I'll get into the feeling the hotel gives me later, but I want to give you a short bit of history before we jump into an interview with a paranormal expert, which I will let you know about in a moment. Um, but the hotel originally was constructed in eighteen eighty six. Uh, they brought in Irish stone masons from stone masons, Irish stone masons, uh, Sean Connery. They brought in people from across the sea to construct this luxury hotel. took them two years to construct and originally it was meant to capitalize on the healing waters of Eureka Springs. And Eureka Springs is now a town that surrounds the hotel, but originally it was just these healing springs that, you know, they wanted to make money off of because of course they did. When people became savvy to the fact that that was bullshit, it turned into a woman's college so that it could stay afloat, and it lasted a couple of decades doing that, and then it fell into disrepair for a bit, and then it fell into the hands of a man named Norman Baker, who turned it back into a hospital and wanted to capitalize on the healing waters again, and proceeded to provide completely fabricated miracle cures to cancer patients, and in the end, over a thousand people were treated in that hotel and likely died in that hotel. Um, So think about that for a minute. Think about the number of deaths that have occurred there. And then even before it was a hotel at all, when it was just land, think about the number of deaths that would have occurred there as just a piece of land in North America. Think about the genocide against the indigenous people of North America. Think about all of the intensity that would have been left in that forest and then in that hotel. And just think about the layers and layers and layers of tragedy. Don't linger on it though, that could make you pretty sad. But just, you know, I, I think it's important to understand how deep the history of this land goes. And it's more than just hotel, school, hotel again. After Norman Baker was discovered to be a fraud and was disposed of, he wasn't killed, he was put in jail. The hotel stayed kind of in a dormant state until the late 90s, 1990s, when um, some new owners came into the land and they restored the hotel to its former glory and they reopened in 2002. And now the Crescent Hotel is a nostalgic luxury hotel that still stands on the tip of West Mountain in the Ozarks of Arkansas. And it is an incredible, incredible thing to experience. If you want to read a bit more in-depth history, I did write an article on StoryTotels.com where you can go and actually read the more detailed, less abridged version of the history of the Crescent. Um, But if you are ready, I would love to introduce you to Kim of Halton Paranormal. We're going to call her in a moment to discuss why she thinks haunted hotels are spooky. Actually, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but hopefully we go there because it's a haunted hotel podcast and I'm sure she has a ton of expertise to impart. So let's give her a call. Hi, Kim. Hi, how are you? I'm great. It's good to meet you. How are you? I'm
1: good,
0: thank you. Oh, thank you so much for being part of the first episode of Uninvited Guests. I cannot wait to get into this with you. Uh, I just want to start by asking, you're part of a group called Halton Paranormal, is that correct? Yes. So what do you do with Halton Paranormal? I, founded Paran- it. I oh. I'm the founder, the lead
1: investigator of Halton
0: Paranormal. Wow. Okay, that's incredible. Yeah. So you've got some knowledge yeah. and expertise, and you know what's up.
1: Yeah, I've uh, been
0: to uh, many haunted places. I fully believe you, and I cannot wait to hear about those. But we're talking about one in particular today. Um, I've been told, uh, there was an article on storiedhotels.com called uh, 1886 Crescent Hotel, and you you read through that?
1: Yeah, I did read it, yes.
0: Okay, so you're sort of familiar with the Crescent Hotel, because that's really what I want to get into, is um, exploring... Maybe not necessarily only the Crescent Hotel, but just hotel spirits in general. Have you have you investigated any hotels before?
1: Yeah, we did the Bell Bay Inn in Muskoka.
0: Wow. Okay, that's yeah, something we, got, on the we got
1: the whole place to ourselves one night, and we got a lot of well, we got we got some action, but then you know they always amp it up because. You know, a lot of people love that there's a haunted hotel, right? And then you stay in it, and it's like, okay, this is kind of boring. But it's actually, we got some good stuff.
0: Yeah, I was, so I was very surprised when I stayed at the Crescent. Like, I, it was my first kind of actual paranormal experience at the was at the Crescent, and I had never, I've always believed in, you know, the paranormal in general or the the existence of some kind of energy or spirit. I, I didn't know how to quantify it, right? But um, I was... I guess for lack of a better word, I was shook. I was confused. It was a really weird experience, and it opened my mind up to a lot of different things. But I imagine I imagine hotels would be a very active place just because it's like it's kind of a meeting ground of all kinds of different backgrounds and people. Um, so was there anything to you that stands out when you investigate hotels versus, let's say, like a house or a business?
1: Well, I think, like, for me, I believe in like residual energy. Okay. Um, when we die, our soul returns home to the universe and it's just all positive and love and everything we experience down here on this plane and earth oh. stays here and it kind of plays itself over and over and over again. Okay. So I think a lot of people have been in hotels, um, apartments especially too um, and you're you're dealing with all that energy that that's left over and a lot of it, you know, there's violence and there's people out there that have addictions and problems and I believe all that stays here and it just sticks like honey
0: yeah that is a really interesting way of explaining that I really like that I've, I've heard similar ideas before but I think it's really interesting to apply that to a hotel and just the amount of things and people that you know things that happen and people that go through that. like it just that would definitely be a little bit more intense maybe in terms of a footprint
1: yeah exactly well that's what it is it's like we leave these footprints behind and you can't destroy energy and even you and I talking right now we're we're making energy so that's just going to play over and over and over again it just doesn't go away.
0: Exactly and, and I, I, I like to think of it, I mean I grew up with <laughs> with an older brother that was very invested in hard facts and science as he liked to put it and he kind of, uh, when I would talk to him about these kinds of things because I've always been interested in, in, in you know the idea of ghosts and spirits and energy and, and all that um, and he when I talked to him about it I had to kind of go at it from a place of Science, where you know we know that energy cannot be created or destroyed; it's just transferred. So where does it go? It has to go somewhere. And I think that really fits into, uh, I don't know if you would if you would agree, but I, I feel like it might fit into that that perception of you know residual energy. Do you, which, what, oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 I
1: I honestly don't think that ghosts like um, stay here to haunt us and terrorize us and everything. I I just think some people who are gifted or sensitive will sense something there. And then that will play with them. But it's not really human anymore. Right. You know what I
0: mean? And it's not really about that individual experiencing it. It's it's just them being in the right place at the right time to, to exactly. experience a past event recurring. Yeah. That yeah. is an incredible perspective. And I think that's actually... A lot of people that struggle with that, um, with the idea of accepting that there might be something in the realm of what can be understood as ghosts. I think a lot of people... Become a lot more comfortable when they think of it that way, and I, I yeah. want to encourage that kind of train of thought because I think there's so much unknown about you know the the concept of ghosts or the spirits or energy, and I think oh, sure. I think we need to get to a place where people feel comfortable exploring that, you know, in conversation or even potentially you know scientifically, and I think the best way to do that is to is to talk about things like this and to explain, you know, that that where we're coming from is not just oogly boogly spooky ghost right it's more exactly. there's something else there
1: yeah i mean when we all die we are we become a, this beautiful being and we actually want to help our family and friends that are left here and we don't want to scare them and that it's it's society that's turned it into oh the ghosts are bad right. and you know they're gonna kill you and and it's not i i've done a lot of investigations i'm gonna say over over a thousand and i've been into the deepest darkest places and i've never once been hurt I have never once had anything push me or anything like that so just from my experience I'm just you know this is what I believe you know and and I, I don't want people to be scared and think the devil's in their house and you know so that's, I try to teach them that you know.
0: I 100% respect that and I really admire that and I mean I'm definitely not nearly as experienced as you when it comes to investigating or you know experiencing these things um, but I've, I've had experiences that. I haven't really been able to explain since I was a kid that are related to things like this and um, yeah I, I I've never really felt scared of them you know the only time I've ever really felt scared of something that could be perceived as paranormal was uh, experiences with sleep paralysis but I believe that comes from a different place anything that I've experienced um, you know that I interpret or, or perceive as uh, res- an, a residual energy situation or something that could be perceived as a ghost or a spirit I, it's never really felt threatening even if it's scary, it doesn't feel like I'm in danger it just feels like I'm experiencing something frightening and I think that is generally how people should see it
1: Yes, and, and a lot of people that are gifted like you yourself, you're an empath you've probably have heard that or maybe you haven't but <laughs> you are an empath, you're sensitive um, sleep paralysis is where, where um, our souls will travel while we sleep so we're actually experiencing another dimension, but we're awake and our body can't move because we're kind of tethering our soul.
0: Interesting. I know I've, yeah. I've, heard, I've heard that uh, said about astral projection, but I suppose they're kind of like a similar experience, just on different you know lengths. I suppose does that does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I mean, my soul travels all the time at night. I ca- I'll wake up with these weird bruises and I weird marks that. on my body, and I won't remember a thing. And um, you know, I do communicate with the creator. I, I do have a gift, so I'm I'm told that I'm doing work other places, and sometimes I go places where I'm not supposed to be.
0: <laughs> I suppose that might not be very easy to control, though. I mean, you know, you just you just no. go where you know you go where your mind. I feel like it can be a very. I mean, again, I don't have as much experience. I just like to experience things as they come to me. But I feel like it's it's it must be a very. I don't know if impulsive is the right word, but intuitive experience, right? Where you're not guiding it, you're kind of letting it take you.
1: Yeah, we don't really have any control over that,
0: so. Yeah, I hear that. Um, Going back to hotels, I think think those are, they tend to be very controlled environments, right? I mean, people check in, they check out at certain times, and, and there's... Certain happenings that aren't supposed to occur, but I think what's really interesting, just from my perspective, and this came to me while we were talking about hotels earlier, um, is you you know I think about um, like maybe like a like a very inexpensive motel on the side of the road where a lot of a lot of crime has happened, and then you think about maybe a very fancy ritzy hotel where maybe crime doesn't happen, but things happen that shouldn't, and it's just not reported, right? And I think it's really interesting because I think you get very similar experiences from from um, places that are perceived to be haunted across, you know, across, I, I guess, the luxury scale, um, yeah. it's not, it doesn't just happen in, in scary, dilapidated areas, it happens everywhere because there's residual yeah. energy everywhere, um, yeah,
1: it, it just depends on what, who, who is there, too, yeah. like, you know, you, you get the big, fancy hotels, you have the rich people coming in there, well, they're not just, you know, they're nobody, too, they're just the average Joe, exactly, though, you know, so, um, I think too. I, I believe more in the land is haunted oh. because the land is older than the buildings too, right? right? So you don't know what happened on the land before that. Like, there's a lot of places where I live here, um, being houses being built on farmland, uh-huh. and you know it's a brand new house, and people are like, "Why is my house haunted?" And I'm like, "Well, you just built it on a farm, and the guy's probably not. You know, you're just living in that energy, right?" So
0: exactly. It,
1: yeah, it's the land too, right?
0: And I think that's that's uh, especially relevant in North America, where there's so much historical genocide, right? You think about yeah. what we know, what we're taught in school, is is only a sliver of what actually happened, and there's so exactly. much death and tragedy across the entire continent that um, it, it almost, and honestly surprises me when things aren't a place of experience, a place where you can have those kinds of experiences, because I feel like I feel like there's just been so much everywhere that yeah. um. Maybe I mean this is just a theory again. I'm, this is just something that I'm throwing out of left field. But I mean maybe instead of seeing it as certain places are affected, maybe it's certain individuals are able to detect that footprint. What? How do you feel oh. about that?
1: Oh, definitely. Like the people that are gifted. Like well, everybody is born with a gift. It just depends on who shut it down and your, you know, oh. society shuts that. Kind of stuff down, you know, kids tell their mom there's a monster under the bed. They tell them, no, there's not, but there probably is. But anyway, um, yeah, (laughs) certain gifted people can pick up that energy, and then sometimes, you know, their imagination will make it even worse than it is because there's fear, fear is is one of the worst things, right? So,
0: absolutely, um,
1: and then there's also a message in that for them, there's something for them to learn from it, and if they would just, you know, not be afraid they might learn
0: something absolutely i feel like fear kind of has a life of its own and whatever touch what you know fear touches anything it can touch um, a political event it can touch a wild animal and it can definitely absolutely impact things that are perceived as paranormal events or ghost visitation um and i think the second fear touches anything it kind of runs in a whole new direction and i think um part of what i want to do with this podcast is to help get rid of that fear and help people perceive it as as a as a a different kind of experience than, oh, no, I'm haunted, something wants to hurt me, right? And um yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you, you've you absolutely given me a lot to think about in that regard.
1: Yeah, it, it's, and the thing is, too, we're supposed to face our fears and we're supposed to look at it and because there's something about us in that fear, right, that we need to get over. I've learned more from the paranormal than I have from anybody. You
0: know, I, <laughs> I bel- I've, that... I've sat in an abandoned building by
1: myself just to get over the fear of the dark. I had a fear of the dark, and when I yeah. first started ghost hunting... I sat in an abandoned house by myself for three hours, I cried, I screamed, I tried to run, I tried to hide, and then finally I just said, what's, nothing's happening, like, right. what, is, what is, you know, what is this fear, and then now I go into them all the time, and it's, you have to face
0: it, right? Absolutely. That is growth, for sure. Yeah. Um, and there
1: was, I think there was something helping me along that night because it oh was good. really trying to scare me, and then yeah. afterwards
0: it was probably laughing at me, but anyway. Right. Just a tease. <laughs> Just a little bit of a tease. I don't want to keep it too long, so thank you so much for calling in and being a part of the first episode. Um, is there anything else you'd like to leave with the listeners of Uninvited Guests? Well,
1: I mean, basically, you can't fear... I mean, a lot of people fear the unknown, right? But if you just sit and think about it, and just like you know, hold that that space, you know, you you you'll get over the fear and and stop listening to the TV.
0: <laughs> I love that. I really love that. Thank you so much, Tim, for calling in, and you have a great night. Okay.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. You too. Thank Bye-bye. you.
0: Bye. I am so excited that we get to talk to people that have different perspectives and different things to offer to these kinds of uh, analysis. Is that a word? Is there a plural for analysis that I'm not aware of? Either way, I, uh, I I think you know the point isn't necessarily to have somebody come in and talk specifically about agreeing with me or my perspective. I want somebody to offer something new, and I, I'm really glad that Kim could bring that to the table. And now, speaking of tables, because tables are made of wood, and so is the Crescent Hotel. Do you see? Isn't that a great segue? Do you love it? We're going to talk about my personal experience staying at the Crescent Hotel in the Ozarks of Arkansas. Are you ready? Let's get started. So I actually, if you guys follow me on YouTube, you may have seen my video I did about this a long time. I've talked about this so much because this experience really kicked off a lot in my life as far as... um, what could be interpreted as ghost experiences go like I, when I have sleep paralysis, which really started skyrocketing after this experience at the Crescent Hotel? I like to perceive it as a similar situation to a ghost visitation. I, I don't know, I don't know how to explain exactly the way I feel about it, but that's the way I like to see it. And, and all of those things started just rolling and rolling and rolling every single night after. And it's, I mean, I could talk, you know, listen, you're not my therapist, you're here to have a good time and to learn about a hotel. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> about my sleep paralysis problems but we're gonna the point is okay you know what the crescent hotel left a mark on me and i'm gonna tell you all about it all right let's get started um the reason I brought up YouTube earlier is if you watch my video, you'll know I was dating somebody at the time and I went there with him as like a couple, like, Oh, we're gonna go you a hotel, whatever. Oh my god, I love it. We knew that it was haunted or we knew that it was marketed to be haunted, but I was skeptical because I grew up in a family that taught me, you know, oh, um, trust your eyes, you know, uh, think about things rationally, science, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying that science is bad because I one hundred percent still approach things with this with this perspective. But I I did see things with my eyes. And I, I, I had experiences that I could quantify with science at this hotel that I can't explain um, other than being weird. And, and I just need you guys to know that I didn't go into this experience thinking I'm gonna see a ghost and I'm gonna be so cool because I can talk about seeing a ghost. No, I went into this thinking I could to spend some cute time with my boyfriend at the time, whatever. Like that's I didn't go into this expecting anything, okay? so we drive through the Ozarks I'm looking all around and I'm from a am from a place growing up where all you see when you drive around is like flat plains and farmland so driving through these mountains and into these valleys and up and down and by a lake surrounded by these huge pine trees they might not be pine trees but they looked like pine trees to me okay um it was it was bizarre it, it felt like I was in a different world. And I think the Ozarks in general feel like you're in this bubble that's not quite Earth. It's like a weird shifted Earth. It's kind of like, I mean, I haven't seen Twin Peaks, but I imagine that it would give a very similar feeling to it. It feels like I'm in an X-Files episode going through these woods, right? We pull up to the hotel, which first of all, okay, listen, okay, we, we drive up down into this valley through this cute little Eureka Springs town that looks like something out of like one of those colorful villages in Italy right and then we go up this hill around these winding paths and we pull into this huge parking lot in front of the hotel and this hotel is again it's only four stories but it looks like something out of an old gothic film it's got these like tall spires and the pointed roofs and like it just got like angles and sharp things all over it and in the daylight it looks it looks like something i'd expect to see in a movie where oh you know think of like clue the movie or just clue in general these guests arrive and they're going into this 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 structure being like oh it's a mansion it's pretty it's nice it's a little bit intimidating but i'm not scared right that's the vibe it gave to me and on the very top in the center of the roof on the peak of the tallest rooftop there is this crescent moon which i guess is where it gets the name the crescent hotel um it was it was just so charming and we go into the lobby and the entire interior felt warm. There's no hint to me at this point that I'm going to have a chilling experience. All right. Cause I'm like, wow, it's going to get real spicy up in here. We're going to have some heat. We're going to some smooth jazz and I'm going to have some good times with a man. All right. That was the vibe I was getting. I was not getting, you're going to be stalked by a ghost. Like I didn't, Nothing was telling me that. There was red fabric. The wood was nice and dark. And it was like very rich. It felt rich. Not rich like money. But rich like story. Rich like fullness. You know? So we get our keys. And... This hotel gives you actual keys, like metal keys. This is not a room key that you swipe on a little detector. This is like a key that you put in a lock and you turn it, okay? We're staying in room 218, second floor. So we wander around the hotel a little bit, read a couple plaques before we go upstairs. And we get to our our room, which is at the end of the hallway, at the very end of the hallway, on the second floor, around a little corner. It is a tiny little corner. And the room itself is not very big. But before, (laughs) before I get into the room itself, we're sitting there for... 10 minutes trying to open this fucking door, and we're using these keys. We were given two keys because I was like, Well, maybe one of us will run out somewhere and the other one will stay, and we just want to make sure we can get in and out of the room, whatever. So we have two keys. We keep trying them both, one after the other. We try each other's keys. We try everything. We move it up and down. We wiggle it. We do whatever with these keys. We cannot get the key to turn. We cannot get this door unlocked. So we spend a good 10 minutes doing that, and I'm like, Listen, maybe they gave us the wrong key. Let's just go back down and talk to reception and maybe they can help us open the door. So we go downstairs and I hand the key. I I, like, I watch myself hand it to the receptionist. And then I watch the receptionist hand it to a housekeeper. And I have my eyes on the key the whole time because I'm sitting here thinking, okay, they're marketing this hotel as a haunted experience. So I'm going to see if they give us the wrong key on purpose and then pull out a new key and say it was the same key so that we think that something went wrong with the door I kept my eyes on that key the entire time it never left my sight it was never hidden it was never concealed it was in plain view and she walks up to the second floor with us she puts the key in the door and it opens immediately no struggle no hassle no twisting it funny it just pops the door open which also by the way fucking creaks because of course it does so we enter the room we're like okay I didn't think about it much because, you know, if that was the only thing I experienced, I'd be like, okay, well, I guess I just got unlucky for 10 minutes straight. You know what I mean? So we settle into the room and we're like, okay, it's like, I don't know, 2 p.m. We're going to go down to the uh, Eureka Springs, you know, center to experience what this town has to offer and to see what, you know, what, what, what charm we can discover. And I end up spending too much money on dumb little doodads, but I love it. And it was a great time. And I had a great burger. And then we go back to the hotel the room we're staying in was called a king room so it's very small but the bed is huge it's a king bed and and it's very simple but very beautiful it's very victorian lots of glistening dark wood it felt like i was in the 1800s if i ignored the fact that the lamps were modern and that i had a phone and you know if i wanted to believe it was the 1800s i wouldn't have to suspend my disbelief very much like it very much was an immersive experience despite you know the charm of the room or whatever we returned to this hotel at night sun had gone down it was like 9 p.m and when you're approaching this fucking hotel at night coming up a hill and it's lit from the bottom upwards listen that's an entirely different experience it looks you know how like you put a flashlight below your face and make a scary face and in normal lighting it looks fine because it's normal lighting but suddenly if the room is dark it's kind of creepy the same thing applies to buildings who to thunk uh i was shooketh by this building all right I still didn't think very much of it, though. I was like, okay, well, it's kind of creepy. It's kind of eerie, but it's beautiful. You know, it was eerie in the way that any nighttime environment is. It, it had a charm to it, and it made me feel small, and I liked that. So we just went to bed, whatever. We're like, okay, well, we're going to have a great breakfast tomorrow. They have a cute little ballroom where they serve us brunch, so we're going to go to bed nice and early, um, which, you know, we'll just say is what happened because um, who goes to bed immediately when they're at – never mind. Point is – we go to sleep. I was dozing off, chilling, whatever. I don't know what time it was. It was like, I was just about to sleep. You know that point where you're like, you don't even remember that you're awake, but you're still conscious. I was there. And then out of nowhere, I hear this blood curdling shriek. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> okay, well, that's great. Um, I, I guess I assumed that it was a guest that was scared of something because, Oh, it's a haunted hotel. Oh my God. I saw something in the mirror. Oh, it was just me. Oh, I'm so silly. I don't know. I just, I heard a scream and it sounded not like it was in the room, but it was nearby. And if you guys, I mean, I guess even if you're familiar with my content on the, on the internet, you might not know that I'm deaf in my left ear. So I can't really locate sound very well. I can know how far away it is if it's on my right side but if it's not on my right side I have no idea where it is you could be standing right next to me and I could think you're five feet behind me all right it's I don't know where sound comes from most of the time so I wasn't sure where it came from but it was definitely a terrified scream and I was like whatever no big deal I'm gonna go to sleep I'm tired and I want to have a good breakfast all right so we go to sleep whatever I fall back asleep no problem wake up in the morning we had this incredible breakfast first of all okay listen you go back downstairs to the lobby okay you go to the ballroom area and they have this beautiful like buffet breakfast set up with a guy that will pour fucking syrup on your pancakes that are freshly made he makes them in front of you and they're gorgeous okay anyway i get coffee i get orange juice we talk to the server um listen. okay you know what i feel like you're not there yet you need to you know what i'm going to slow down i'm going to bring you up to speed think about the phrase light flooded ballroom okay that like I feel like if you can visualize that in its most pure sense you will see where I was sitting it was super high ceilings and and everything like the walls and there was like curtains that were so brilliantly white it looked like nobody had ever touched them in their life and it just had this incredible ambiance of like a spring morning when you're a little kid and things are hopeful and bright and full of love and it's just I love rooms that have that kind of power point is you know what else had that power was the pancakes. They were fucking lit, okay? Anyway, we uh, were talking to the server. And my companion asked if they'd ever experienced anything out of the ordinary. You've never seen a ghosty? Uh, and that's not exactly what he said, but I'm going to say that's what he said, okay? Um, and the server relayed to us that, yeah, they had seen a few things. And specifically with the ballroom, they'd encountered some interesting phenomena, okay? So they said uh, shot glasses at nighttime when they were cleaning up to close the ballroom, because I think they might have had dinners in there. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm remembering funny. Point is, shot glasses would shatter at night when the space was empty, okay? So, like, nobody shattered the shot glass. It just blew up. Great. And other times, a bottle of alcohol might fall from a high place. Whatever time. I don't know. It could be morning. could be nighttime. Who the hell knows? But a bottle of alcohol might slide off a shelf, okay? From a high place, it should break. It's glass. The floors are hard. But it wouldn't break, when it absolutely should have, as if somebody caught it just before it hit the floor and just gently placed it on the ground, right? So somebody is a ghost that really does not want that vodka bottle breaking and is on it. And you know what? You owe him. I mean, I guess in the U.S., alcohol is pretty cheap compared to Canada. But listen, nobody wants a broken vodka, vodka, dip, dip, dip. nobody wants a broken vodka bottle. All right. Thank you. Um, but the server said that they hadn't really experienced any like spirits or apparitions or seen anything. Okay. So we spent the day going back to Eureka Springs, visiting cute places. I got some cute body butter, whatever. We had a good time. I was reminded, okay, I don't know if many of you know this book because it's kind of an obscure book, but it's called The Gammage Cup, and it was about a village that would win these, like, village, cutest village contests. It wasn't cutest. It was, like, best, most prosperous village or something, but it would win because everything was perfect, and everything was beautiful and lovely. Um... And the the Eureka Springs town itself really reminds me of that, where everything is just right and everything's just so cheery and just cute. And I think the contrast between that and the hotel is really interesting. Either way, we spend the day at Eureka Springs, we go back to the hotel and I'm thinking maybe I'll hear another scream or maybe my key might be weird. But listen, (laughs) I had no idea what I was about to experience and I like, my God. This, like, this experience changed something in me and, and changed the way I view what are perceived as ghost experiences. So going to sleep. I fall asleep fine. We leave the TV on because it gives some background noise and we don't like sleeping in pitch silence. And I wake up at some point. I'm guessing it's early morning between 2 and 4 a.m. because we'd been up somewhat late. And the first thing I notice is that the TV was static it wasn't on like a show it was silent static it wasn't also there was no white noise it was just silent just static that's it and then i noticed movement out of the corner of my eye so think okay if you're laying on a bed facing up i am on the left side of the bed and my companion's on the right side because my deaf ear is my left ear so i want to hear if he says something to me in the middle of the night you know what i mean so he's on my right side And I notice movement out of the corner of my eye on that side. So I'm thinking, oh, I must have woken up suddenly because he's getting out of bed to go pee, right? I look over to the side of the bed. How do I describe this? Think about, it's pitch black in a room. I mean, there's a bit of light at the end of the room because of the TV, but it's a small TV and it's kind of dim. And it's backlit also, okay? Backlit. So you can't see any features if something's in front of you, (laughs) okay? Now... Think about something kneeling on the bed, hovering over you, looking at you in the face and slowly backing away while facing you, but you can't see features. You can't see any detail. It's just a black silhouette that's three-dimensional. You know it's physically there. You can feel it moving on the bed. You can feel the mattress moving, but you can't see features. And again, at this point, I'm thinking, oh, that's just the the person I'm here with going pee, so whatever, okay? Like, I wasn't spooked or anything, but then i'm like okay why are you watching me first of all it's like it's like i woke up and they were watching me sleep and they were backing away and i'm like okay interesting you're blacker than the room you're watching me sleep you're backing away from the bed what are you doing ex boyfriend what are you doing and again i had i had experienced sleep paralysis before this point but There is a very clear distinction between this experience and my regular sleep paralysis episodes. Because in sleep paralysis, if you guys aren't familiar, you can't move and you can't speak. And it feels like something's on you and it feels like you're trying to scream, but you can't move your mouth properly. You can't open your mouth. I could move. I could speak. I could feel. I could hear. I could see. I could do everything that I could do when I was awake. I was awake. This was not a dream and this was not sleep paralysis. So I see this figure leave it gets off the bed it backs away it's looking at me it goes around the corner and at this point I'm still thinking oh that's my ex-boyfriend I mean it was my boyfriend at the time but now he's an (gasps) ex-boyfriend whatever after it goes around the corner towards first of all not the bathroom it goes towards the door to the room and the closet which is creepy as fuck thank you closets listen I don't fuck with closets thank you very much I look over at my companion side of the bed because I'm like okay wait why did he like leave the room maybe that's not him and I'm expecting okay if it's a ghost I'm expecting to see him sleeping but instead what I see is my companion sitting up in bed facing the wall being completely still not even like sitting there like casually but like rigid okay and I ask him did you just get up to go to the washroom like or like what's up? you know like what's good man and I'm thinking, okay, maybe like time is distorted by my waking state and I'm like half asleep, but, and, and that's why I saw like something and then I woke up. I don't know. I was confused. And so I asked him that question and he replies, no, go back to bed in the most monotone, weird way. I mean, it was his voice physically, but it was not his voice in terms of inflection and personality. It was the weirdest thing. It was as if it was like a puppet speaking in a Microsoft Sam voice. It was so eerie. And for some reason, I didn't think anything of it, but I just went to sleep. I just went right back to bed. And I know for a fact I was not dreaming because I can, like, I would have forgotten it, first of all, by now. Dreams don't stay with me that well. And I physically, like, I was physically so aware of being awake. There's no way it was a dream and it was absolutely not sleep paralysis. So the next day I wake up. We wake up. We're doing whatever. And I ask him, did you get up in the middle of the night? Did you go pee? And he's like, nope. I didn't wake up at any point. I was never awake, never sat up in bed, never talked to you, never went pee, never walked away from the bed weirdly. And at that point I was like, oh, okay, so I saw a ghost then, thank you, and listen, that's just too much for me, okay? So this was thankfully the last day at the hotel, so I was like, in a way? kind of sad I was like I, I wish I could stay again and maybe see this thing again I, w- I was just so conflicted about what I'd experienced because I'd never experienced something that was so clearly unexplainable like it was either that that was a ghost or there was physically a person in the room and I, I feel like there wasn't a person in the room because why would they be in the room why would my companion not also be aware of their presence like there's so many factors where I'm like it, it's just not right something's not right and, and I guess that was why I interpreted it as a ghost experience. The topic of what a ghost even is and whether they're real and how we should interpret experiences like this is a, is a whole nother topic. And we kind of touched on it a bit with Kim. But I, I, I think like seeing something like that, awake and sober, outside of sleep paralysis, when I've had those experiences before, it was just so defining. In terms of my interest in the paranormal. And that is why I'm doing this podcast, is because I have this experience and it shook me to my core. And I wanted to hear other people's experiences. And I wanted to share this experience in a platform where you're expecting to hear this and you want to hear this. And you're open, your mind is open to what I've experienced. And I'm glad that you're here with me experiencing this. Okay. Anyway. Last day at the Crescent Hotel, I was sad to leave, but I was already thinking of new places to go. I'm like, I want to go to more haunted places. I want to see these places. And I, listen, I'm planning these trips right now. I'm going. I'm going. Anyway, we're checking out of the hotel. We're looking for our keys. We pack everything up. We put everything in the car, go back to the hotel room to look for our keys. Like I just said, I don't know why I'm talking out of order, but I am. The truth is I've had a glass of wine. That's why I'm talking out of order. Anyway. Back in the hotel room looking for my keys, I find a key on the dresser where we put both of them. The other key has mysteriously disappeared. Great. Second key-related incident since we got to this room. Loving that. We dig through every corner and crevice of this room. We go back to the ho- the, the car, unpack all the bags, repack all the bags, go back to the hotel, take the fucking bed apart, under the mattress, under the bed, in the sink, down the drain. We look everywhere there was not a stone left unturned in that room, and we did not find a key. And at that point, I'm like, we should just tell the concierge we can't find the key, because I'm sure this happens before. If it is a ghost, maybe they fool with you, right? And the second I say that, my companion points at the chair across the room, by the way. He wasn't near it. He couldn't have put the key there if he was trying to fool me, okay? Points at the chair that we looked at, and it's a chair. It's an empty chair with nothing on it, okay? We've looked at this chair. We've looked at it underneath. We've looked at it on top. And in the very middle of the chair, and I mean dead center of the seat of the chair, the key is just sitting there. It's just sitting there as if it's been there the whole time in plain sight. And at that point, I'm like, okay, well, last night I saw a fucking figure and now our key got Like there's everything, everything adding up altogether is what convinced me that this was indeed a paranormal experience. And I I don't like to jump to conclusions about things like this because I take it very seriously. And I think if we're going to advance the conversation around what are perceived as ghost experiences, we need to take it seriously. We can't just take everything at face value and say, oh, I saw a ghost, when in fact there could be another explanation. But all of the factors rolled into one ball. It was just too much for me to be like, oh, there's another explanation." It just, it fit nothing but that. I don't know. Now... After leaving the hotel, we pack up, we leave, whatever, it's over, okay? I go online, and I'm looking up people's experiences at the hotel. I'm like, okay, has anybody else had these exact experiences? And I discover a specter named Michael. Now, Michael is a motherfucker, all right? Michael is known to be mischievous, hence us not being able to unlock the door in the first place, and our key's going missing later, right? And he's also known to play tricks with technology, like the television, like when I woke up and the TV was staticky. People also like to say that they've been shaken and forced awake in the night, which is likely how I woke to see a figure leaning over me on the bed. Okay. The big seller for me for Michael, though, and why I think I was visited by Michael, is Michael was one of the Irish stonemasons. Stone, stonemasons. Stonemasons. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Sean Connery. Anyway, listen Irish stonemason. Michael was building the original hotel in 1884, maybe 1885, maybe 1886. I don't know the exact date. He fell to his death from the roof to the second floor in the area that just so happens to now be room 218, which just so happens to be the room that I was staying in. So you cannot tell me, okay, that I'm staying in the room where this man died and he was not creeping on me. Okay, you cannot tell me that. He's the most commonly seen uh, spirit at the hotel and remember the scream I heard the first night? People also report hearing a scream as if someone's fallen from a, from a distance. And I was thinking, okay, well maybe that can't be Michael. Okay. But that scream is often attributed to a young woman who fell to her death while the Crescent was a young woman's college. And there's this, there's this like balcony area that's a restaurant now, but I guess, you know, in the, in the past it wouldn't have been a restaurant. Um, where you could still, very easily, if you wanted to fall, you could fall. But I imagine there would be other factors that would, you know, cause a person to maybe have an experience that would cause their freaking death, okay? But um, listen, no, Michael, you were there. You looked at me. You were on my bed. You were creeping on me. Don't appreciate it, but I kind of do appreciate it because you opened my mind up to a whole world of interesting things to explore. But Michael, don't do that again. You're being a creep. Now, if we're to interpret this, though, in the way that Kim likes to interpret it as residual energy, I'm curious to think about that's very much the way I interpreted Michael's presence in my bed that night, where it's like supposed to be teasing, but it was weird, okay? Especially because it was a black fate. Listen, I could go on and on and repeat this over and over and over and over and over. But the point is, it was creepy, it was spooky, and now I believe in ghosts. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our foray into the Crescent Hotel. It was an experience. I have to admit, and I think I'm gonna keep this as a tradition as long as my manager doesn't mind. Um, But having a glass or so of wine while recording has made this experience much more fun for me. And I hope, you know, it's loosened me up enough to make me funny for once in my goddamn life. Don't use that. That was abrasive. (laughs) If you end up using this, for the viewer's sake, I'm looking at our wonderful producer, Anil, right now, and he's laughing at me. And we're just sitting here thinking about how terrible... It was that I've had wine. Anyway, until next time, okay? Just remember, mystery is still out there. You know that feeling you had as a child when you'd explore, you know, something new, intriguing new ideas? That You can find that again. And I think what we've been trained to do as adults is to, when we see that feeling, when we feel that feeling of, ooh, what is this? This is new and different, is to reject it. And I think um, that's trained into us by, by the entire culture that we live in. Across the entire globe, I think we're told to reject mystery. We're told to reject the unknown. And I want to bring you with me into the unknown. So let's go together. Let's explore some more haunted hotels this season. Five more to go. I got some spooky stuff in line for you. You're going to you're gonna be feeling some spooky stuff. You're going to be hearing from some people, okay, that aren't me, which I'm sure will be a very welcome relief for you, okay? Anyway. I could, I could ramble on forever and ever. If you are listening on iTunes, please give us a nice, beautiful five-star review and an actual text review because you have no idea how much that helps. Listen, reviews on iTunes are how this becomes a legitimate business. And I want to keep talking to you about this forever and ever. So please give me a review. I love you so much. You're so cool. I also want to give a big thank you before we go to StoryTotels.com, who is, you know, the website and business that has facilitated this podcast. And I'm so grateful because I've always wanted to do a podcast. I've always wanted to talk to you guys about these kinds of experiences. And I finally have a platform to do that. So thank you, StoryTotels.com, if you guys have any interest in travel and old hotels that have mystery and stories to them. It might not even be haunted. It might just be historical. It might just be cool as fuck, okay? You can check out storiedhotels.com for some cool experiences to be had across the world. I love you so much. And like I said literally two minutes ago, (laughs) remember that mystery is still out there. I will see you next time. Bye!